Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Welcome to our One Son, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers, a wellness and self-care podcast designated to uplifting the voices of women of color. Author, self-love activist, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. Join the tribe as we embark on a journey of healing, mothering, womanhood, and collectivism through the ancestral practice of storytelling. Whether you're looking for an infinity space, sisterhood, or mommy tribe, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and self-care enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Sometimes we don't know what to say when someone loses a loved one. Let airmail say it for you in an uplifting way. You don't even have to worry about mailing it or if you are too late sending it. Remember, these cars arrive quickly. Show your love by sending airmail and shop Sympathy Constellations at airmail.me. Hey, Flower Tribe. It's Courtney, and I am pleased to announce that our company, One Sun, Three Flowers, will be offering a six-week self-healing course. In this program, we're going to create our self-healing empowerment plan, and through sisterhood and live training, we'll utilize modalities such as yoga, crystals, journaling, meditation, mindfulness, creating ways for us to empower ourselves through balancing out and healing those seven main energy centers, also known as the chakras. So if this is something that you're interested in, I definitely don't want you to miss out. And you're able to sign up for the class at bit.ly slash bloom into your best self. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash B-L-O-O-M-I-N-T-O. Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F. I see you soon. Welcome back, you all, to another week of the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast. As you know, last week we had Jennifer Haynes join us and talk about her journey with toxic relationships. And now this week we have her coming back again because there is, as we alluded, hope on the other side of struggle. So now we're going to let Jennifer tell her story about where she is now, how she got there and her journey in love, her current love situation. So stay tuned because the conversation gets a little more light and a lot more happy. So um, you pulled out, God came through. And so now you're on the other side of hope. And so why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, how you got into a relationship with your husband. Okay. And, how, and also how he was different from the previous relationship. Okay. On the other side. So in June of 2011, now mind you, I didn't break up completely with my ex until 2012. But in June 2011, I met, I, I was invited to a graduation party. And um, I was invited by a woman who I knew her from Fort Wayne because she was from Gary area, but she uh, lived in Fort Wayne 
for some years and I met her in Fort Wayne at my church. So she was good friends with one of my best friends. We weren't really close like that, but we knew each other and we hung around some of the same people. So she um, would come back and forth um, to Gary to visit her mother. Um, And so when she would be in town, she would always try to invite me to go hang out. And I will always say no, because I didn't hang out with the type of people she hung out with. And and again, we weren't that close. So I would always say no. Um, This particular night, she asked me to go to a graduation party. And she didn't have reliable transportation. So I knew that she just wanted me to drive. So usually I would say no, but because me and my ex, we were on the outs at this moment. We, mm-hmm. we were like on a breakup time, got into an argument or something. So I was at home, didn't have nothing to do. Um, so I told her yes. So I went and picked her up. Now, mind you, I'm kind of, I'm not new to the area but I don't know a lot of people and I'm not extra familiar with different parts of town. And so she told me it was like a house party in Gary. And I'm like, first off, I don't usually go to no parties and <laughs> definitely not no house party in Gary. What they going to be on? So I'm like, I know what I was walking into. But mm-hmm. because I didn't want to sit at home, I said, okay, I, I went and picked her up and we got to this party and it happens to be um, my husband's sister graduation party. They had went to high school together or something, but I didn't know anybody there, but the girl that I went, went there with. And mm-hmm. so that particular night I met my, one of my best friends and I met him, my husband, Clayton. And so, um, but at the time he was actually married and okay. I was still in a relationship, even though we were on the out, I, I would still tell people that I'm in a relationship because I knew that we would be right back on. So, okay. um, yes, I met them and I started telling my best friend about, um, what I did because they were at, you know trying to get to know me, asking me what I did and um, a youth educator and everything. And so he had a daughter and so he wanted to um, get some more information on the youth program to maybe possibly get his daughter involved. So um, it it was like a few weeks that might have passed or something and he inboxed me on Facebook asking for more information um, about the 4-H program. So mm-hmm that's how we started um, dialogue. That's how we started talking because that night I, I was not interested because, you know, people was drinking and he was, you know, talking a lot and drinking and doing the most in front of his mother. His mother was there and I didn't think nothing of it. And first off, he was married and I was in a relationship. I would never want to be in a situation where I would be dealing with the married man. So Uh that wasn't even on the table. So um, he started asking me about the program and he wanted to meet up for lunch to discuss it further. And so is it, can I say my best friend name? Can I say her name on you? Absolutely. Okay, so Dana. (laughs) (laughs) And the crazy thing is, Dana and I met that same night and we hit it off. Like we have been inseparable ever since. So hey, she is hey, shout out me. to Dana. She's been on this podcast as well. 
Yes, Dana is my best friend. And so I was like, Dana, you want to go to lunch? And she was like, go. I said, I can't go to lunch without Barry Dan. She was like, Jen, y'all just going as friends. He's just trying to ask you about the situation and 4-H and stuff. And I said, but can't, oh, I don't want to say his name. I said, but my ex is going to uh, get me. And she was like, Jen, he go to lunch with his coworkers and da 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 da. And she was like, it'll be okay. Just go somewhere in Crown Point. And so I'm already thinking, oh my God. <laughs> Exactly. I'm thinking, oh my God, am I cheating? Like, I didn't want to, I don't know, but I went and we went to a place in Crown Point and we were talking um, about 4-H and everything. And um, and he started telling me about his situation with his wife and how pretty much their relationship was basically over the past two years. You know, they hadn't been getting along and she's been that was one of, and I'm not, I'm not saying all high school relationships are like this, but their particular relationship stem from high school. And I believe that uh, they didn't have time to explore and maybe his ex-wife wanted to venture out and explore. And she thought that while she explored that he would wait around and still be there. Mm-hmm. And okay. That wasn't the case. So he was trying to make things work. And I was like, you should do this. You should say that. I was trying to help him restore his marriage. But everything he tried, it just was a no-go. It wasn't working. So we would continue to talk about uh, 4-H stuff. And um, I was, was still in my relationship, being stupid, going back and forth. And, um, you know, he... He was consistent in reaching out, asking how I was doing. We weren't really like meeting up like that, um, but we would have short conversations and I would try to give him advice on how to mend his situation. So um, after some months had passed, um, he ended up moving out. It didn't work out. He ended up moving out. But, you know, a lot of people from the black culture i've noticed that people would get be separated but still married Mm -hmm. and so i don't care how you want to slice it up even if you're separated even if you moved out even if whatever y'all don't talk anymore if if you're still married you're married Mm -hmm. so he and i started to like each other. And by, by this time I I have broken up with my ex and he and I started to hang out a lot more. Um, and I, I realized that he liked me a long time ago, but it didn't really bother me that much because I wasn't liking him. I was still standing firm on not liking him. We were just friends. And so we, um, when I noticed that I started to like him, I noticed that um, I started to develop feelings and I knew that that was not right because although he might have moved out, he was still married. So I gave myself a personal timeline that he knew nothing about. And I said, if um I said to myself, if he is still married on paper, 
when this date comes, then I was just going to cut him off completely. And mm-hmm. he wouldn't know, he wouldn't know why he wouldn't know what happened. And it literally just happened abruptly. So the date came and he was still married. I just stopped talking to him. Mm. And so I did see yourself on that. Yes. And I did that because I'm not going to pressure any man to leave a, a marriage. I, I don't want to, if, if that's something that he wanted to do, then he would have done it. If he wanted to be in a relationship with me, then he would have done it. And so mm-hmm. the fact that he was still married, I'm like, I'm not about to be putting my feelings out there with a man who I know is married. And at this time, we haven't been intimate. We haven't done anything. It was literally us be- becoming friends, but starting to like each other. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, well, I'm not talking to him no more. And so I blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> and not only am I not responding to you, you getting blocked. <laughs> yeah, I blocked him because you I didn't want him, to. Jennifer? Huh? completely ghosted him yes absolutely mm-hmm. and and he didn't know what hit him like we had just went to a wedding together and that day right after the wedding it was the uh, <laughs> oh cold turkey cold turkey it was cold turkey and um so for like seven months I did not talk to him I didn't see him we didn't have like mutual friends or anything so I wasn't gonna like run you know run into him or anything so I I stopped talking to him for a whole seven months Mm -hmm. now then um my co-worker in the time where we were talking he put in a, a application to become a volunteer for my my office for my job and so my coworker, she's like a, a work sister to me. So she knew everything that was going on. I had shared with her how he was married, how, you know, we started to like each other. And she knew that I cut him off and we stopped talking. Well, apparently he received a letter in the mail about becoming a volunteer. And um, he called and scheduled an appointment because we had to screen all of our volunteers. Now, mind you, my coworker, she's an educator just like me. She could have done it herself. It's, it's very rare that we both screen a volunteer together because we don't want them to feel intimidated. So usually it's one or the other, but it's it's not uncommon for us to do it together. So I didn't understand why she wanted me to be in on this meeting, but I was mm. okay with it. So I walk in the um, conference room so we can screen this volunteer and Clayton is sitting in at the at the table. So I look at him like, are you kidding me? And I look at her like, you gonna pay for this. Cause she knew <laughs> she knew everything <laughs> that was happening between mm-hmm. us. And she purposely didn't tell me who the volunteer was that we were screening. So pretty much I drilled him in the screening and he passed with flying colors. And um, I I left the conference room. He came to my office and he said that he got a divorce. And I said, oh, really? And he was like, yeah. And, and pretty much we started talking that day and, and continued to talk every day after that. 
Oh, wow. So you you didn't even have to push him. He knew what it was that you needed, and he showed up and came to get you. Yes, and and I have no idea. Like, I don't in his mind, he might not have even pieced it together in that way. He mm-hmm. was like, well, I like the 4-H program. I want my daughter to be involved, so I'm going to go and do this. He probably had no idea that I didn't know that he would be in my office that day. But my coworker uh, never told me. I didn't know. And she wanted y'all together, huh? She, she, girl, she was trying to get another male volunteer because we, <laughs> we don't have a lot of male volunteers. She didn't know that it was going to lead to marriage, but she wanted another male volunteer, so she didn't want to tell me. But um, to your work sister, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm telling you, her and Dana, they both played a huge role in um, us being together. But Clayton, so once you all, yeah, so once you all that happened, he's divorced. Now you all start talking. So then, how did that lead into you all dating and then married? If 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 you let Clayton tell it, he's been dating me for several years and I I didn't want to be in a relationship because I realized that for whatever reason I be in these long-term relationships and they don't work out. So at mm-hmm. this point, I'm like, I have to date. I never had the opportunity to actually date. And so when I say date, I mean, get out there, date multiple people, go to dinner, go to the movies. I'm not saying have sex with the world, but I'm like, I never really actually date. I've always been in a solid relationship and I don't cheat on them. So it's like those people are it for me. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, I don't want to be in a relationship. So he was dating me and I was like, we're friends. And um, <laughs> But it, but during the process um, in 2012, like I met Clayton in 2011, but in 2012, during our, uh, I guess our off time, I, when I broke up with my ex and was grieving and having my moment of praying and trying to pull through that, the loss of, you know, a relationship, it's almost like losing a loved one. And you have mm-hmm. to grieve through the process, going through the funeral process, grieving. And so I told God, you know, my next person that I want to be with is going to be my husband. I said, I don't want to have sex with anybody because I don't want it to be clouded by sex. I said, um, I want for us to build a friendship. I want them to wait for me and be okay with it. Um, And I prayed in specifics for things that I wanted in a man. I wanted my husband to love and adore me and respect me and treat me so good because I've been treated like hell. And so Mm -hmm. I knew what that felt like. And I knew that I would never go back in that direction ever again. So I would never allow a man to disrespect me. And the crazy thing is my father, he's never taught me that. My dad has always been a great father and um, he has three girls and one boy. So my dad has always taught us to be strong women and not accept no crap from a man. Uh, He taught us how to change tires, change oil, so that we will never have to depend on a man in that way. But... Mm. 
for whatever reason, I went down a dark path that I vowed to myself and to God that I would never revisit anything like that ever again. So my man, had he had to come and he had to come correct. And I'm not saying that I made Clayton work for it, but honey, he worked for it. And not because I wanted him to pay for what my ex did, but because he had to understand how I needed to be loved. Um. And and the way that he loved me is exactly how I prayed and, and God answered. It's exactly how I need to be loved. Like we are definitely very compatible with each other. And the crazy thing is even, you know, I don't, really do the zodiac signs and stuff but Clayton and I are so compatible it just I think that we have our own connection that God created for us because probably according to the zodiac signs we we probably are not a good match and what are, what are the signs I am a Scorpio and he is a Leo oh yeah you're right but the way that we are together, it's almost like we mesh perfectly. And mm. the way that we met was like God used that woman as a vessel because that was my first time ever hanging out with her. And it was my last time hanging out with her. We don't even talk to this day. Wow. So it was almost like destined um, and God ordered our steps. So the man the man that I'm married to today, I literally prayed for him and God gave me exactly what I needed, exactly what I needed. I love that. And having had what you didn't need and what you do need, what are some ways that your husband shows up differently than, uh, than your um, past exes? And also I'm curious as to, did you all, was this relationship different than the past as far as that seven-year commitment? Did it take you another seven years to get married to him as well? Okay, so the Clayton treats me with the utmost respect. He has never disrespected me. If we have some disagreements, I might be upset or he might be upset. We never go to bed mad. Um, at each other, rather if it's me putting my feet on him or him, you know, rubbing, you know, on my neck or something, we never go to bed mad at each other. And he, he truly, truly respects me. He, he would never talk to me any old kind of way. He don't even cuss in front of me. If he, he might cuss with his friends or something, I don't even know it, but he don't cuss in front of me because he respects the fact that I don't cuss. You know, we go to church together, we pray together, and it's genuine. Um, He's just a breath of fresh air. He takes care of me, you know, Mm. and it's nothing that he can't ask me for or I can't ask him for, and we won't, um, and we won't do it for each other. Um, I love that. He, he's, he is a great man. And, and I just, I get emotional talking about it because it's like a, a whole new, I don't know. It's like a whole new world. I guess if I should put it, I, I say that um, our relationship is like a fairy tale and it mm. truly is to me because I, what I had before was, so toxic and I stayed there for so long 
Um, what I have now is something totally different. And okay, let me move on. So I met I, Listen, I love that you share that space too. <laughs> and, you know, I've seen so many photos of you all and, and the interaction is so cute. And what I love about it, and we talked about this a little bit prior to the recording, Jennifer, but I love that you can come from a space of realness. And, and so women listening are like, they, if you listen to the back half of this story, like, oh, well, she's just lucky. She just found her a good man. Like, that's just how life worked out. But no, you've actually gone through some things to get to your better side of hope. I went through a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I, in, in that toxic relationship, I would be mad for days. I would leave. I would go to Fort Wayne. I would be mad. In this relationship, it hurts my feelings. If I get sad when I don't, like if I am upset with my husband and I don't want to talk to him, I'm like, I miss my, I miss him. Aww. <laughs> so it's like, we, we never stay mad that long. And, and even if we are still upset and we can tell that if one if one of us is still upset, we still communicate. We still look out for each other. I still cook dinner. He still takes care of me, you know, even if we are still upset. It, it doesn't change our love for each other. And that that is very important. So mm-hmm. um, I met him in 2011. We had a period for about seven months where we didn't talk. And then when we did start talking after he had the... um the interview at my office uh, we kept talking and and we've been talking ever since and in 2014 September 2014 Clayton bought us tickets to see Fred Hammond and at this time I'm considering us still friends he of course probably been thinking that I was his lady but we're friends and so we go to this concert and it was everything and everyone knows that I love gospel music i love fred hammond i love john Keith. they are like my favorites and um he took me to the concert after the concert we went to this fancy uh restaurant downtown chicago and we had crab cakes and it was just wonderful and that night is when he asked me to be officially his girlfriend so that was september 2014 and he asked me to officially be his girlfriend and i agreed and, um, you know, we had conversations, we would travel together and, and, um, we had conversations about, um, the p- possibility of getting married. Um, I, I knew that Clayton was definitely marriage material, even though he, he shared that he didn't want to ever get married again because his marriage did not work out. But as we got started hanging out and getting to know each other, I noticed that his feelings on that had changed. And he never came out and said it, but we would talk about marriage and we would talk about, you know, what kind of ring I would like or how I would want to be proposed to and all this stuff. We've had those conversations, but I knew that, I don't know, something told me that, this might be it for me, but I wasn't sure. I just continued to pray about it. So mm-hmm. pretty much um, that was 2014. And then tw- I think it was like March of 2015. <sighs> Courtney, I bought a wedding dress. 
<laughs> Somebody insert the brakes. Break, wait, what? Okay. Well, so let's talk about that. We can't just run past that. Okay, so let me you bought this wedding um when you bought this wedding dress, right? I what'd you say it again? You were not engaged yet when you bought this wedding. You are absolutely right. Okay. So, now mind you, in my previous toxic relationship, I had got married. I had never not once looked at a wedding dress. I didn't look at no venues. I didn't look at no rings. I didn't look at any of that. When you were engaged to the other guy. When I was engaged to when I was engaged in the toxic relationship. I never went to look at anything. So Clayton and I got together September 2014. We were officially a couple. Um we when we would travel, he, we would go to Zales and go to, you know, different jewelry stores. And he would tell me, like, what kind of ring would you like? Or what would you, you know, what would the style of ring be? And I would show him. And the crazy thing is, um, every time we would go, I would pick the same ring and I didn't even know it. That was the crazy part. I would just pick whatever ring I thought was the prettiest. And it happened to be the same ring each time. So because we were having these conversations and stuff, it didn't really resonate with me yet. The fact that, you know, this could be a possibility of, you know, he could really be my husband. But in March 2015, for whatever reason, I went to Davis Bridal and I had my auntie there. My mama was there and I tried on dresses. Wait a minute. So not only did you go and find a dress for yourself, you brought the family in. Yes! (laughs) Okay, so originally they weren't there, but when I saw this dress, I was like, oh my God, they got to come so they could see it. And of course, neither my mom or my auntie, they didn't know if we had no idea that, you know, Clayton could possibly propose or not, but they knew that I was in this relationship. They met him. They loved him, even though, you know, we weren't there yet. At least I didn't think we were there yet, but they must have been having some type of bridal sale or something must have been going on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to make it seem like it, it wasn't all the way crazy. But something, but something pulled you in that store, and did you just like dry on the dress, or no? You said you bought that dress. Okay, honey, I bought the dress. I bought the veil. I bought the jewelry. I bought everything, and it. I I bought it, and I just left it at my mom's house. I I believe I just left it at my mom's house, and so um, it was either at my yeah, I left because it was in Fort Wayne where I was, where I bought it. And I left it at my mom's house. And so now this is March 2015. I got a wedding dress and this man don't even know. We still hanging out, traveling, like living a good life. Now, um, keep in mind, I did say that I prayed and I told God that I wasn't having sex until I got married and all that stuff. So even though, you know, Clayton would stay the night or he would come over and stay late, he still had his own place and everything, but he would stay over. Uh, We weren't having sex. 
So oh, wow. Not only, you know. So this is not, I'm liking, I'm not liking my husband. Be, I mean, I'm not, this is my boyfriend at the time. I'm not liking him for physical reasons. There's not the soul ties that I've had with these past exes. This is purely our, our connection. Yes. Our connection, our friendship, our respect and love for each other. It was growing stronger every day and the fact that he never pressured me or made me feel bad or looked at me any different I truly believe that God was preparing him when he was married in his marriage because they had went through a dry phase where they weren't being intimate because of the issues they were going through so I'm like God was preparing this man for me because he knew that I didn't want I didn't want to just be having sex and having these soul ties if I didn't know if he was going to be my husband or not. And uh-huh. even though we talked about marriage and stuff, in my mind, I would say I was married. I was engaged before and I thought we was going to get married and we was having sex and doing all this and we still didn't end up together. So I always tell people you're single until you're married. Even if you're in a committed relationship, that's fine. But technically you are single until you're married. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to give myself in that way until I actually got married. So this man, he, he loved every part of me. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, we got married and I made sure of it. It, it every part other than us having sex I made sure that you know we fell in in love with each other and and sex was not um an issue it wasn't uh it wasn't a um key point in that so we pretty much um continued to date and then October 2015 uh, my birthday is on Halloween. Clayton, I knew that he was planning something, but I had no idea what it was. I just thought that it was going to be dinner with my close friends and family. So we got to Fort Wayne and I was blindfolded and um, they took the blindfold off and it's this huge venue with all my close family and friends. Like it was hundreds of people there. I had, oh my God. I, I had no idea how he pulled that off, but he did. And it was amazing. And because my birthday is on Halloween, I never really had a actual birthday party. People would have Halloween parties and then just throw me in the mix. Um, So this was an actual birthday party for me with food and the DJ my uncle um he came all the way from Atlanta to DJ for this party for my birthday and it was just an amazing time so I didn't think nothing else was about to no more surprises the crazy thing is when Clayton and I talked about proposals I shared with him how my ex proposed in front of his family and all that crap. And that I would like for if if he were to ever propose to me, I would like for it to be something quiet and intimate with just us two. Because I feel like sometimes when you do it in front of people, the person it's almost like, are they really going to say no in front of all these people? 
And, and that may not be the case for everybody, but that's just how I felt because of my past experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're at my birthday party toward the end and he get the, the microphone and I'm thinking he just going, you know, say a few words and, you know, just say happy birthday pretty much. When he got down on one knee, Courtney, <laughs> I was like, what is happening? And I, think I was so shocked. And um, like he asked me and I was so shocked. My, my response was delayed, but it wasn't delayed because I was, I didn't love this man. It was delayed because I'm like, I, I was probably thinking to myself, Lord, is this really it? Is this really what you want me to do? Is this really who you want me to be with? And and I don't want to say yes because all these people are watching. I want to say yes because I absolutely love this man. <laughs> right. So so my response was a little delayed because I had to gather my thoughts. <laughs> I had to gather my thoughts. And I, I did say yes. And everybody was like hooping and hollering. But I was just like, oh, my God. But But I knew that I loved him. I just wasn't expecting it in that moment. So, yes, we got engaged October 31st, 2015, and September 2016, we were married. So, 14, we were a dating committed couple. 2015, we were engaged. In 2016, we were married. (laughs) Yes. Yay. I love that. So, once you all got officially into a relationship... The engagement and um, the marriage moved moved really quickly after it. It went very quickly after it. And, um, you know, Clayton thought that we were going to be engaged for a long time. I'm like, for what? If we can, you know, some people go into debt when they uh, get married and trying to plan these big, lavish weddings. But I knew that I wanted a big, lavish wedding. Um, we didn't have no savings or nothing for a wedding at the time. We worked our butts off and saved up money to pay for our wedding. And it was huge. It was like between two, two to 300 people. It was at least 250 people there. And it was a very beautiful, elegant wedding. I, I loved it. And, um, I can't say I better not, I won't ever have to do it all over again. But it was my first and only wedding and I wanted it. I've always wanted to be like a princess Cinderella type of wedding. And that's exactly what it was. It was expensive, but we loved every bit of it. <laughs> yeah, so not even a long-term engagement. Oh, girl, no. <laughs> I started, the crazy thing is he... It, it was pretty much, um, well, October 31st or pretty much November. And we, um, I didn't start calling. I started planning in January, but everything was paid for in June and we was ready to get married in September. So it was like everything worked out so perfectly. And again, I think God is, I know that God is not the author of confusion. So because everything happened so smoothly, it was like perfect. It was perfect. I love that. And this story is perfect. It is 
it was wonderful. I love journeying with you. And I'm just grateful, Jennifer, that you uh, were able to come onto the podcast and share your journey in love. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome. And before you go, I always ask all my guests to leave my listeners with a few words so that they could carry with them into their day to day or into their lives. Um, what I would leave is to always pray and seek God for counsel and, and remember to always pray in specifics and don't settle, um, because you feel you have to, you know, God wants the best for us. And we have to understand that, um, just because the relationship isn't what you would want it to be or that person isn't who you want them to be. It doesn't mean, I never say that my ex is a bad person. He just was not the person for me. God has someone out there for everyone that's going to love them the way that they need to be loved. And you have to be patient and you have to be open to different possibilities. Um, You just have to be patient and wait on God and seek his counsel. And, And he won't leave you out to dry. He will take care of his own. Mm, I love that. Thank you for saying that. And to our listeners, um, this has been a wonderful episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, a woman, a colleague, a sister, a bestie who you know would connect to Jennifer's story and be able to use it to help them if they're whether they're in a current um, toxic situation or they're on the other side of hope and they're ready to have a meaningful and lasting commitment. Our episodes premiere weekly on Wednesday, so make sure you continue to to tune in. And until next time, make sure you bloom into your... Womb Sun, Three Flowers is a one-stop shop for the entire family. Our mother-daughter clothing brand promotes self-care, unity, and wellness for the entire tribe through apparel. We created the One Sun Three Flowers shop a few years ago when we challenged ourselves to create clothing that promoted self-care, self-love and wellness and help you connect to your highest self and your tribe. Head to the onesunthreeflowers.com shop and save 20% when you use the code podcast2020. That's O-N-E-S-U-N, the number three, flowers.com, and save when you use the code. Enjoy, Flower Tribe. Thanks for listening to the One Sun Three Flowers podcast. Check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.onesunthreeflowers.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We want to connect with your tribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember to bloom into your best self.